0: Hi everyone, this is David Garrido and you are listening to La Liga Lowdown. Seven games to recap in Spain's top division plus the first trophy of the season has been dished out as well. Let's see which squad members are featuring in this mini-pod and what they're up to.
1: Hi, I'm Ewan McTier and I'll be looking back at the Copa del Rey final here in Madrid as Barcelona ran riot at the Wanda Metropolitano and the stadium stood up in appreciation of Andres Niesta who could have played his last final for the Catalan club and there are now big question marks over the Montela at Sevilla. Meanwhile, over in Catalonia. Diego
2: Lorraine here where we had a derby in this part of Spain, but perhaps not the result you'd expect as Espanol beat Girona at Montilivi. So life after Kike Sanchez Flores has started well for Los Pericos and I'll be telling you all about the new man in charge in Cornellà, Debe Gallego. Let's head down the East Coast.
3: Hi, guys. Paco Polit here in Valencia. Los Che seem to have gone off the boil a bit, taking one point from the last three games. I'll focus on why Marcelino's side have hit the buffers a bit and also tell you what the outlook for the club is ahead
0: of what could be a pivotal summer transfer window. Plus, we say hasta luego to Las Palmas, who join Malaga in Segunda División next season. And, of course, we'll have your three-word verdicts on the weekend just gone. That's all coming up in the next 15 minutes or so. Top story. Well, we have to start with the Copa del Rey final, a true masterclass from Barcelona to win the trophy for a record 30th time, but a result which really casts doubt over the future of Vincenzo Montella at Sevilla. Barcelona were 3 0 up before half time at the Wanda Metropolitano as they blew the Andalusians away. Two goals from Luis Suarez, one assisted by Lionel Messi, who scored the second in between. The route was rounded off by Felipe Coutinho in the second half, a penalty after his original strike should have stood anyway but surely the most memorable goal was the penultimate one. A give and go from Andres Iniesta combining with Messi and the don then body fainted to round David Soria and finish. An incredibly emotional moment, only matched by his tears on the bench after getting a standing ovation from all of the Wanda Metropolitano. The crowd chanting his name and, of course, lifting the Copa itself as Barcelona captain. Ewan McTear is our man in Madrid for La Liga lowdown. First of all, Ewan, let's talk Iniesta. This very much felt like a farewell, didn't it? 100%
1: 100% It's been the worst kept secret in Spanish football that Iniesta has going to China and with Barcelona out of the Champions League and with the league due any day now this was his last significant match He said afterwards that he'll announce his future plans this week while well, his father Jose Antonio suggested on Spanish radio that this would be a good time to go adding fuel to the gossip columns and chucking a lit match at them as well So it's going to be a very TV week all involved in Spanish football, as we all love Don Andres Iniesta. It's nice that he'll be going out on a high with a cup and league double. Well, this is of course also important for Ernesto Valverde. He's bought himself some breathing space, which he really needed after the humiliation of Rome.
0: And as for Sevilla, well, they never really did anything to make Barcelona's life difficult. So how does Vincenzo Montella's future look now?
1: Montella's future has to be in doubt now, the Sevilla side taking several steps backwards since he arrived. But the fact that they had two good cup results against Atletico Madrid and against Manchester United has masked just how poor they've been in general. They've now conceded 5 goals in 4 separate matches since he arrived, which is unacceptable at a proud club like Sevilla. What's also unacceptable is the lethargic nature of Saturday's defeat. I met a few Sevilla fans after the match who had some not very nice words to say about him. If they fail to qualify for Europe, he'll surely be gone.
0: Thanks, Ewan. So that was Saturday night at the Wanda and we were back there on Sunday night as Atletico Madrid faced Rabedis in arguably the matchup of the weekend in La Liga, second against fifth, but it finished goalless as both teams keep up their clean sheet streaks. Atletico 11 at home in all competitions and Betis 6 now in La Liga. For the home side, Fernando Torres had a dinko with Dani Jimenez cleared off the line by Issa Mondi. As Saúl hit the crossbar in the second half too. And for the visitors, Javi Garcia had a couple of chances before the break. Cristian Tello clipped the foot of the post after it. And later on, Antonio Barragan forced a save out of Jan Oblak at his near post. Significantly for Atletico, they played with three centre-halves and Juan Flan and Saúl as well wing-backs, matching up to his 3-4-2-1, and Diego Simeone hinted that it might even be used against Arsenal in the first leg of their Europa League semi-final on Thursday, or was that a bit of a red herring? Was this just a chance to give some of his key players a bit of a rest too? Uh, none of Antoine Griezmann, Coque, Diego Godin, Orsimi Vachalco started, presumably to conserve energy, and it would surprise absolutely no one if El Cholo returned to a 4-4-2 at the Emirates. The result against Betis means that the title race is nearly officially over. 11 points is the difference with four match days to go, so Barcelona will clinch the title next weekend if they avoid defeat at Deportivo La Coruña or if Atletico fail to win at Alaves. With Real Madrid having the weekend off because they were due to play Sevilla, it meant that Valencia had the chance to go level on points with Madrid in third, but they failed to as they were held to a one-all draw at Celta Vigo. They took the lead at Balaidos just before the hour mark. Carlos Soled winning possession in midfield, a death flick from Gonzalo Geddes, and then a superbly taken shot on the volley from Santi Mina, who didn't do his typical LeBron James celebration because it was against his former side. Santi was born and grew up in Vigo before then moving to Valencia three summers ago for 10 million euros. But Celta have done some shrewd recruiting themselves, and Maxi Gomez, signed last summer, got the equalizer for his 14th goal of the season. Just four minutes later, Daniel Vaz's free kick driven in and the 21-year-old Uruguayan headed past Neto. So Valencia's winning run came to an end with that loss against Barcelona. And that's now been followed by a defeat at home to Getafe and a draw at Celta. So... Any reason for the sudden mini slump? And how are things looking at the club as we approach the summer? Well, the best man to ask is La Liga Lowdown's Paco Pollitt.
3: Indeed, David, fans are mind-boggled as for why the team has suddenly stopped working smoothly and found some trouble in the past few games. The main answer is quite obvious. The Champions League goal has 99% been achieved. Therefore, the unavoidable relaxation has come around and made the team not to compete at their fullest. In fact, a win against Eibar next week would make the Champions League qualifying a done deal, so that's why the squad and management aren't in fact too worried about the two stumbles against Getafe and Celta. Also, these games have shown Valencia's owner Peter Lim that he must increase his spending next summer because what Valencia has at the moment is simply not enough for Champions League level. Lots of transfer talk and rumors, but a few things are clear. Valencia need to sell players up to 45 million in cash and they want to both buy Geofre Condogbia and Gonzalo Guedes. So it's time to do the math in Valencia's headquarters and find out how to complete the puzzle. Cheers, Paco.
0: European contenders. Now, below fourth place, the race for the Europa League has got properly tasty. We've mentioned Rabetis. Now, five points clear of Villarreal in sixth, who didn't play this weekend as their opponents, Barcelona, were in action in the Copa del Rey final and likewise Sevilla in seventh. But Getafe are now level on points with Vincenzo Montella's side and sit eighth after they beat Eibar 1-0 at Ipuruá on Saturday lunchtime and it was Matias Oliveira's header which did the damage. Now, before this game, Oliveira had played just 13 minutes of La Liga football this season and nothing since early December. And in fact, this was his first start in La Liga. Kike had a golden chance to equalise, but he somehow missed from barely a yard out. And that is pretty much as good as it got for Eibar. The game was broken up by almost constant interruptions, something that the Getafe head coach, Jose Bordalas, didn't appreciate being pointed out and asked about, claiming that that was disrespectful. But we know what Hedafe are. A well-drilled team, a combative team. It's not pretty, but it works. And it means that they've won three games in a row now. And don't forget, we spoke to Matteo Flamini in the mix zone at Mestalla last Wednesday night after their impressive 2-1 victory away at Valencia. So find out what he thinks about their Europa League hopes on our YouTube channel. Our custom URL is www.youtube.com forward slash C forward slash La Lowdown or quite simply put La Liga Lowdown into a search engine. Girona lost ground in the race for Europe as Espanyol pulled off a surprise win in the Catalan Derby. It was the first match in charge for interim head coach David Gallego, stepping up from the B-team for the rest of the season to take over from Quique Sanchez-Flores, who was dismissed on Friday after no win and no goals in the last five games. And the change reaped immediate rewards. Espanyol 2-0 winners at Montilivi, both goals scored by Gerard Moreno, the first towards the end of the first half that Girona had totally dominated. He trapped the ball with his left foot from a free kick and then finished emphatically past Bono for 1 0. The second was a brilliantly deft touch to lift the ball over the advancing Girona keeper 10 minutes after the break. It is Gerard's best goal scoring season 14 in La Liga, 17 in all competitions, and this result was long overdue. Espanyol moving 11 points above the relegation zone with four games to go, so their survival is virtually assured. Let's head to Catalunya then and speak to Diego Lorraine, who is there for. Liga Lowdown. Diego, tell us about the new man, David Gallego, and what difference, if any, we saw in Espanol in his first match in charge.
2: David Gallego coached Espanyol's Juvenil A team for three seasons, winning a league title and getting to the final of the Copa de Campeones. He was then appointed B-team coach in June 2016, where he brought them up from Tercera to Segunda B. His philosophy is based on trying to dominate games, playing in the opposition's half, and having lots of possession. Also crucially the young talents of the team like Marc Navarro, Aro Martin, Marco Roca and Oscar Melendo all came through the Cantera and the B team so you could say he knows those boys well. As for the match against Girona, well Gallego didn't revolutionize the starting 11 in his La Liga debut but he did change the formation to a 4-3-2-1. His tactics though were of old as the Catalan side relied on the team therapist and Gerard Moreno to get them out of their slump of not having scored since 511 minutes and hand them their first win since March 11th.
0: Thank you, Diego. Well, meanwhile, Gironas Pablo Machin says his side now absolutely need to come away with something from their next game against Hetafe at the Coliseum Alfonso Perez next Sunday lunchtime. What a game that will be between two teams who, remember, came up from Segunda last season. And Machin added that he is ever so proud to be fighting for a place in the Europa League, and in the context of their season overall, that is still very impressive. Now, Real Sociedad could have actually moved to within two points of seventh place had they beaten already. Ready delegated Malaga but not to be. Jose Gonzalez's side got just their second win in 19 games beating La Real 2-0 to inflict a first defeat on Imanol Aguasil. The first goal from Adrián, the second from Al Nesri, after excellent work from Jordi Castro down the left. It is at least a decent response from the Malaga players after they had held a news conference to publicly apologise to the fans for going down. For the visitors, it's a surprising result after their 3-0 victory over Atletico last Thursday and the most surprising stat from the game at La Rosaleda is that they didn't make a single 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 foul during the 90 minutes, and that makes Emanuel's post-match comments even more surprising. He said, all the Real Sociedad players did everything he asked of them. Can't have asked for much then. You dare say that La Real might make a foul or two in their next game? It is a Basque Country derby against Athletic Club at Anoeta on Saturday afternoon. Relegation battle. Now, After Malaga's relegation was confirmed last Thursday, Las Palmas became the second team to know for sure that they'll be playing in Segunda next season after they failed to beat Alaves at the Estadio Gran Canaria. Only a win would do to keep their slim hopes of survival alive. But they got nowhere near. nil-nil at half-time. And then former Las Palmas player Murat Wakaso assisted Munir for Alaves' first. And then the heavens opened, really. A second from the Barcelona lady. A third courtesy of an Alvaro Medran diving header. And then Ruben Sobrino finished off a 4-0 win for Alaves. So Las Palmas descend with not even a whimper. And to be fair, it's been coming all season. Only 7,000 were there to see their moment of demise. And many of those home fans departed before the end. It has left a sour taste in the mouth. Head coach Paco Paco Genes said that he understood the criticism that was going to come their way and that this last month of the season would be a long one. That is putting it mildly, Paco. A third bottom Deportivos 0 0 draw at Leganes was pretty much the last opportunity for them to catch Levante, who play on Monday at Athletic Club. Deport had some golden chances in this one, especially in the first half, most of them falling to Lucas Perez, who was thwarted by Ivan Cueyar in the Leganes goal. That was symptomatic of his season. He hasn't fired since returning to Riazor from Arsenal, and it's one of the reasons why Deport had such a poor campaign. The result Abu Dahlke is a second consecutive goalless draw stunting the momentum from the back-to-back wins that have preceded them and it looks like six points is too much for Clarence side to make up in four games and you can make that nine points in four games if Levante win at Samames on Monday night. Right, let's get your three-word verdicts then from Matchday 34 so far. Uh, four of them after the Copa del Rey final. Don Andres Iniesta says that uh, Invity, Walexandra, and La Liga Gav. Uh, this from Sumajit, dedicated to Iniesta. And uh, Matthew Clark has gone for emotional Iniesta ovation. Yeah, agree with all those. Kirat Mehar says Betis can defend. Uh, yeah, six clean sheets, no goal conceded in 563 minutes is pretty impressive, isn't it? Uh, in mid-table, Andrew Beasley has chosen no fouls, Sociedad. It's yes, an amazing stat, that isn't it? Credit to our own Faco Pollitt for that one. And towards the bottom, this from Jerry Johnston: Adios, Las Palmas. don't forget you can check out our YouTube channel we have our 60 second standoff every Tuesday this week we debate a player who's impressed for his hometown club this season and is in the frame to head to Russia with the Spanish national side we'll also be doing a special preview to Arsenal versus Atletico Madrid in the Europa League semi-finals that's coming up on Wednesday on our Twitter feed we have a Wednesday poll we have our emoji challenge on Thursday plus our Saturday quiz come find us follow us and chat with us on Twitter we are at La Liga Lowdown plus our website is live with all of our content in one place so head to www.laligalowdown.com to have a look. Enjoy your week. That is your La Liga Lowdown. We'll see you next time.